welcome to Hearts and Minds. My name is Catherine McMahon and I'm here with Maura Cassidy and we're going to talk about virtue. Well, it's a, it's a run-up of our previous podcast and we're going to drill it down a little bit further. We're going to explain a little bit further what is virtue and focus in particular on cheerfulness. That's it. So I thought we'd look at how do you grow in virtue? You know, how do you develop virtues? Because there is a sense of, there's, there's a process about it and there's, there's a sense of virtue journeying. So I suppose you have to really start off with asking yourself, well, what actually is a virtue again? Mm-hmm. Um, and a virtue really is is a chosen trait. So there are lots of character traits that we have, which you've inherited, you know, genetic traits, like I'm tall, I'm short, I'm round, I'm square. Or we've other ones that are social traits. For example, I was born in Athlone, I work in Cork. Or or, or temperament traits, you know, yeah, like nurture. my mom. Nurture kind of Nurture thing. traits, yeah, exactly. that I get from my parents. Exactly. So, but in contrast, a virtue is is something that we choose ourselves as a as a character trait that we would like to have. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's a potential or a capacity that we have latent. And when we start to journey in, in, in becoming virtuous in that regard, what happens is we acquire a firm habit or disposition. So it's not just about doing the good, it's about giving the best of ourselves to any different situation. Mm-hmm. So that's really what, what virtue is about. And I think it's important when we think about growing in virtue, sometimes we can get very easily devastated with ourselves. We think, oh, I'm going to be really humble today now and off we go. We've no plan. We've no idea of how that's going to look. And so I think it's important to look at, well, how we as human beings work. Because obviously there's there's a sort of an intellectual side to it. Our intelligence has to be engaged. Our will has to be engaged. Our heart and our emotions as well. Mm-hmm. And understanding the conversation between the three of them. Okay. Because we can understand the theory of something really, really well. But there's a vast difference between theory and practice, as we well know. So the conversation between your intellect, will and emotion. Ex- that conversation. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I think it's, I, I always find it so interesting to go over this again and again and sort of reflect on it for myself. Because you, you just learn so much. Mm. But in terms of the intelligence. Okay, we can understand, okay, this is what, this is what, say, for example, the virtue of cheerfulness, which you mentioned, we're going to talk about in this podcast. And you can think about what does it look like, you know, and I think the best way of knowing what it looks like is to look at role models. Mm. And role models of a particular virtue, well, for me, they tend to be people who have lives that are quite full, challenging, busy, varied, um, but they don't tend to give into pity parties. You know, there doesn't seem to be much of the victim going on there. Woe is me or I'm having a hard time of this or whatever. They tend to do quite a bit of perspective building mm. and zooming out the lens and challenging their assumptions and beginning again, essentially. Mm. And then also the thing of just, they seem to get a lot done. Now, obviously that varies according to the person, but in my experience of somebody who's, vir- who's virtuous in different ways, they tend to turn the page more quickly. Um, in the sense that they, just to give an example of somebody I'm thinking of who has a particularly difficult work relationship with one of her colleagues. And, you know, her approach would be, well, you know, it's a two-way street here. I'm working with this person. How I'm going to make this work and accepting it. Acceptance is the big part of it. So I think a virtuous person is not so much an idealist. They can be very idealistic, mm-hmm. but they're very real. Mm-hmm. They live in the real world and that's what they engage with. But they don't let circumstance dictate their decisions in a sense. It's like that, um, what's your man, Tony Robbins, who says, life is not what happens to you, it's what happens for you. Like, you can take things as a kind of a thing that comes towards you that you're firefighting, or you can go out and greet it. Um, I think that's I think that's critical. 
Absolutely critical. And I think, again, it's a virtuous person or somebody who's trying to be virtuous, they look at life and think, they don't try to magic away difficult things and airbrush them out. Yeah, because even cheerfulness, you could find... Could kind of like happy clappy, everything's fine, you know. But it, there's there's lack of realism, and that's not that's not virtue. And that's uh, can be terribly off putting as well. Yeah, because they're so delighted with life, you know, and they could have been mowed over by a bus. Well, are they, you just wonder they ever going to land? Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it can be hard to sort of live with people like that who are like that all the time. They get quite annoying, in fact. But anyway, um, I suppose. Um, so I suppose that's that's how the I suppose intellectually how we need to I suppose understand how we engage with a particular virtue. And then obviously the will, because um, the will is like the driver of the muscle. So in terms of the will, I often think, well, why would this be a good idea? What's in it for me to, to, to get this virtue, to acquire this virtue? What's attractive about this virtue? What's the good in this virtue? Um, and I think as well in that, um, well, it's it's a lot to do with our relationships because when we see how it makes us better in our relationships, that energizes us to actually want to become more virtuous. Um, I think three values that we look for in our world are ownership, uh, freedom and autonomy. And get becoming more virtuous makes gives us a greater sense of ownership of our own lives because, as I said earlier, virtue is chosen. It's not something that we just passively have when we're born, you know, or happens at us. It's something that we freely choose. It's like self-dominion. Exactly. There is a yeah. great sense of self-mastery there. Mm. Um, and secondly, freedom, because and when I say freedom, I don't mean freedom as being, you know, the lack of restraints. You know, I can do whatever I want when I want, because clearly that's not freedom. Or the multiplicity of options out there. Yeah, just reducing freedom to choices. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas I think freedom really is more to do with the why within. It's it's freely wanting to engage with my ideals, my North Star, you might say, mm. uh, my core values. And then virtues lead to greater autonomy. But again, not autonomy in the sort of empty sort of sense, but autonomy in the sense of happiness. That when we're more virtuous, the consequence is we will be happier. And and it's a bit like what St. Augustine said, love and do what you will. So again, say in the workplace, you know, you sometimes meet people who are just very happy in their jobs. And you can see it's over years of really working to be really competent and good at what mm. they do. And now it's almost like free fall. They just love what they do because they're good at it, because they put in the hours and they engage with their colleagues and they've time to explore new ideas. So, so that idea of, you know, you see freedom, not so much as freedom of choice, which is a reduction of understanding of what freedom is, but freedom with regards purpose, like my purpose in life. And then virtue, once you have virtue and you have that self-mastery, you can direct yourself and your choices to that purpose. So oh. you're you're freer in a sense. You're freer to make that exactly. uh, decision. Exactly. Yeah. Like virtue is 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 the way to the end game, which is happiness, which is, you know, mm. fulfillment, flourishing and love ultimately. But at the same time you're not a robot either. Well you know what I mean? Yes. Like it's not so much kind of like clinically this is my goal, like the Olympics, you know what I mean? But yeah, just that think, there's a combination of things going on. Yeah, and I think as well there's less of the should but there's more of I want in the real sense of the word. And then the third element of the, of virtue journeying is, of course, the heart of the emotions. And they're critically important because they enrich the whole experience. And I think that's a question of saying, well, is this, asking yourselves, well, is this, in the case of, free, uh, of cheerfulness, is this necessary for my life right now? Or how does this help others? Because all virtue is relational. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's always connecting with another. 
It's not only about yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just self-improvement. If it's mm-hmm. just, you know, and then it's just me, myself and I and self-sufficiency. Mm. Whereas virtue opens you out to others and there's always a meaning behind it. Why am I doing this? Otherwise, there's nothing but frustrations, like mm. just setting goals for the sake of me. And that's that never really fills us because we are ultimately created for others. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's really important to look at that. So when we drill it down, I suppose, as I said, to the virtue of cheerfulness, well, the joy, the examples and the role models, well, that's that's obvious. You know, we can all see examples of role models of cheerfulness around us. Um, the, I suppose, the impact that it has in our relationships really is that, well, that cheerfulness spills over and it fills others. So we tend to be nicer people to be around and we energize other people. Mm. You know, people like to be around people who are positive and to, but not in the happy clappy sense that I think you mentioned earlier. Um, I suppose a cheerful person is somebody who's, who uses what they have, they have that sense of bountifulness. So when you are working with other people, you know, the, the, the tendency can be, well, how can we make the best of this? Or what can we do as opposed to what can't we do? Are they gracious and they, they live a certain level of gratitude? With, yeah. Yes, which because gratitude, of course, is the opposite to being self-sufficient and it tends to open out. Um, again, I suppose cheerfulness is, is an important virtue, I would suggest, because when, we, when it's not there, when it's absent, it tends to be a red flag for something else that's happening maybe beneath the surface. Now here I'm not talking about, say, people who are suffering or challenged by mental illness, because that can happen to us all. I'm more more talking about somebody who's, you know, just... uh, just finding it hard to be cheerful and and then when they dig a little bit deeper they realize well the truth is that relationship isn't going so well I'm not reaching out to that other person or maybe on a, on a deeper spiritual way there's something between me and God so it gives you an opportunity to go well what exactly is that and how can I rectify that mm-hmm. you know can I do I need to say sorry do I need to begin again do I whatever do I need to do mm-hmm. um so I suppose that's all about um the, 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 the business of the heart and the relational, relational aspect of cheerfulness. It's also the courage to be cheerful. Um, and again, that's because being cheerful isn't just the happy, clappy person. So because oftentimes it's not easy to be cheerful. And I think that um, it comes from basically looking at our world and thinking, well, it's basically good. And it can be hard to do that. You know, sometimes everything mm-hmm. around you seems quite challenging. You mm-hmm. know, it's raining out there something to look forward to. I'm moving in a smaller social circle than ever as we are Didn't these go days, etc. You know, I'm mm. doing staycation. It's raining. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, so it does require a little bit of slight extra imagination to be able to zoom out the lens and go, well, God is here and this is good and it's good to be alive. And, and I, I like that idea of what you're saying about role modeling, because I think when you see the impact of another person who is cheerful in your life, you kind of go, oh, okay, so that's the impact it makes on others. And then you decide, I'm True. going to assume this for myself. I'm going to decide to up my game with regards being better in that regard. Even the whole thing, I often think of, I don't know why I think of this, but I often think of, you know, the lady at the till, you know, and how you can run through Tesco and just, you know, have a dour face on yourself because you're so efficient and you have to get the thing done. Or you can greet that person, engage with that person. Um, and the difference is ginormous. It's ginormous for you, but it's, but it's also ginormous for them. So it's it's how you run through your day, I think, in that realm of just seeing when a person is upbeat and engaging with me, how that helps me hugely throughout my day. And I can do the same. It's like that, what is that video that says, you know, pass on the kindness or something like that? Well, it's similar. And Absolutely. And I think as well, it's, you know, you mentioned there, the face of cheerfulness really is that thing of affability. Mm. 
you know, what you're saying. It's what others, others see. And, you know, we can make it sound superficial and say, oh, well, who cares? Well, it does matter. Yeah. Because, you know, we all need to, we need to, you know, sometimes we just need to see a smiling face around yeah. us. And it does, it does give a sense of warmth and openness about our encounters with other people, a sense of being welcoming. And it does mean, I think, you know, overcoming the fear of letting other people step into my space mm. unasked, you know, because sometimes we can be, look, so busy, as you say, or so focused on what I need to get done that we just don't have the time to let somebody else stand in my space for a brief moment and share something. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it does mean waging a war against harshness. Like There's a lot of harshness out there. There's a lot of name calling out there. And I think it's, and I think the only way you turn that tide is, is, is just, you know, stop looking at people like that, but maybe with a greater generosity of heart. And change is a consequence of imagining a new possibility and doing it. And imagine a new possibility for other people. Because mm. sometimes when you do meet somebody who's having a bad hair day, you know, a joke or a smile or a comment can just jolt them out of it and help them realize, God, I don't need to be like this. You know, and yeah. it's just, it's so simple really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. You know, it's like, said, I remember, I can't remember who said this, but they were basically saying that it's not what you say to a person, it's it's how they feel after you've left. Like it's it's the emotion that you have transmitted or whatever. It's a bit kind of like Nora, but like there is an element of everything to do with how you talk to a person. It's not but so it much the thing in itself. Yeah, you know? it reveals so much of you. Mm. And that's that's always lovely, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I suppose getting really practical about virtue journeying is how do you then, where, you know, if you were thinking, well, how can I be cheerful? Like, I don't, I don't know where to start. And for me, it's always to identify the pitfalls. Yeah. You know, because it's like. Or to think, not now. I can't be cheerful right now because. Exactly. You know, I'm waiting for the perfect I'm occasion. I'm waiting for, yeah. When I'm on my holidays, I'll be cheerful. Kind yeah. And no, everything's working out. Well, mm. just wait, because that'll never happen. Mm. There'll always be something. And I think the pitfalls can be things like, you know, sometimes it's just um, somebody who's difficult to deal with or somebody's got annoying habits. Like, I don't know what anybody else feels, but these days of sort of semi-lockdown, not quite, but, you know, you know, we're all living in close proximity and certain habits can get really annoying. And it does require a little bit of sort of zooming out the lens and going, you know, what's at the end of the world, you know, give her, give her a bit of space. Um, or, you know, disappointments. You know, we can be disappointed by so many things, whether it's, you know, you know failures at work or, or things like that. And um, and that can, you know, those are moments when we tend to lose our cheerfulness or and there's, there's a million other ones, you know, situations that are getting a bit touchy. You know, how do I react to them? Do I, you know, add in my tuppence worth of negativity mm. or do I try to diffuse or do I, you know, say a joke or or do I just leave those unhelpful words or that drilling down into being right? Just just for the, you know, leave them to one side and realize this isn't important right now. You ever so, see that um, that movie Lincoln? You know. Oh um, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, I, I, I found that movie really revealing with regards just uh, how you can diffuse tension. You know, there's a moment where I don't know when it is. He's having this meeting or whatever, and how he used stories in order to bring people around. You know, I thought mm, that's you know you you can either ratchet it up or you can bring it down. And yeah, and there's yeah, and there's and it's some people are just just amazing at it clearly. Mm. And I'd say have a talent, sometimes yeah. we think, and I'm sure he did have a talent, like he's talent for many things. But sometimes it's also because they really worked at it. Mm-hmm. You know, they really really worked at it. Um, I think those moments, as I said, the pitfalls where we tend to lose our cheerfulness or get angry or whatever upset or frustrated are moments for us just to recalibrate, you know, and to think, well, okay, 
why I can't depend on successes to make me happy. Yeah. Or I can't depend on other people's affirmation, although it's lovely and it's good, mm. but it can't be the soul. can't be the motor of it can't, my life. Exactly. Yeah. And I think those are moments to go, right, well, it is an inside job. And what is my North Star? And what are the things that make me deeply happy? And I think for me, it's, it's, it's looking at, well, as you mentioned earlier, the reality of things. Well, I'm a creature. I'm not meant to have it all sussed. You yeah. know, I didn't create myself, you know, for those for those of us who have religious conviction. Well, God made me, he loves me and he's watching my back. Uh, but even, you know, if we're in a, spirit, a different spiritual space. The fact that, you know, I didn't create myself and I have limitations as part of being a human being. It's the acceptance of limitations. That I mean, we have a blog post there on Hearts and Minds about that, accepting limitations, the importance of it for your just your well-being. You, you know, there can't be such perfection or... You have to have it all tied up. No, life life is messy and you have to greet that messiness. And, and, and think, that, yeah. we get so frustrated by things that really are kind of like, but that's the way it is. Yeah. Why are you getting frustrated with the reality that doesn't exist and will And you actually exist? enjoy people who are kind of quirky. Yeah, that there's a richness to their personality because it's not all sewn up. And yeah. it's, it's far more approachable to see a person like that than somebody that, you know, they have they're all their P's and Q's are all in line, you know. Yeah, and I think it's also good to remind yourselves that really virtue at the end of the day, it's about being better than we used to be. Mm. And that's really helpful. Yeah, one step ahead. Yeah, no, by being dependable in times of testing, because virtue is really about, well, what happens when I feel like being very unvirtuous? Mm. and throwing in the towel. Well, that's the moment of really being dependable. Mm. Or it's been straight in times of temptation or, you know, it's it's these little inner triumphs, not the external ones. So it's a very different language to, you know, the language of success and achievement and miss mm. successful or miss successful, you know. So I think that's very, very important. And um, again, I just, I suppose it's good to realize that we all have bad habits or vices. You know, when you look at a virtue, yeah. like the virtue is the mean. So, for example, if you're thinking about something like cheerfulness, well, what's the vice? The vice is cranky and sort of dour and dour. And what's the ex- what's the other extreme? Is somebody who's totally hyperly positive, hyperly positive <laughs> and disconnected? Or you think of self mastery? Well, it's the self indulgence on one end, mm. and then there's obviously self neglect on the other. So, somebody who's self mastery isn't somebody who's I don't eat, I don't need, I have no needs. That's not the virtue. Mm. And the same way, courage. Well, you have cowardice at one end of the spectrum, and then you have recklessness at the other. Yeah. So, it is really a lot to do with those inner triumphs that nobody can see, and realizing, well, you know, a little less of that have bad habit, and a little less of that vice, and then we grow. And then I think ultimately, you know pinpointing for ourselves, you know. So, for example, as I said, identifying the pitfalls and then reframing them. You know, instead of seeing the fact that I get so annoyed every time he does that or every time she does that, I wish they wouldn't do it. It's trying to reframe that and see that, well, what's the opportunity there? What's the stepping stone there as opposed to the obstacle? Because this is where the virtue is going. This is the biting point of the virtue. Yeah, because virtue, I mean, it it really develops when there's that level of self-reflection. You know, That's really important. Because I think we were talking about that previously about... Let's say, you know, you get really angry because you arrive at the office and you're late and whatever like that and you blow your top at a meeting and you don't rela- you don't reflect on why you got angry. You just know in that moment you were angry. But I think that element of reflecting and saying, I was angry because I left the house late, I got stuck in traffic, my coffee spilt on me and I got to the meeting and you know, and to oh, understand the 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 things that pushed me over the edge. And know how to roll back and realize, no, the next time I have to leave the house on time so that I don't 
flip my lid. Exactly. Yeah. And you could the same say the same for cheerfulness. I got really flat and upset and upset about something because underlying there's a worry there that I just can't fix. Yeah. I need to talk I don't about. Don't I have face? Yeah. I, and I find it really hard to face. And that's just part of the human condition. There's nothing wrong or blameworthy about that. That's mm. or not just to beat yourself up about it. You know. Absolutely. Mm. And I think that's where we need to you know to, to roll it back. So virtue helps us ultimately to be more human actually and more merciful on ourselves. Mm. But at the same time to have that desire for greatness which we're all we all have within us and but it's respecting the fact that it's step by step it's not going to happen overnight there's not going to be any big majors and most of this will be incremental steps that nobody will notice the inner triumphs except for ourselves Mm. well thanks very much Maura and the next podcast will be in the next two weeks and uh, I hope you enjoyed it and if you have any suggestions about what you think we should be talking about or anything that you think we should be doing let us know and drop us an email and we'd be delighted to introduce any ideas that you might have